I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I'll bet you have to set your alarm clock when you go to bed. Well, that's because you probably don't have this weird alarm clock head like I do. I can wake up anytime I want to. I just take a look at what time it says on the clock, and then I put a little image in my head of the time that I want to see on that clock when I wake up, and I can do it 98% of the time. That's not the only weird thing about my head, I guess. When my lady wonder wench walks into the room wearing very little and that nice smile, I lose all control of my eyebrows. No matter how hard I try, they keep flipping around all over the place. I just lose control. But I can control my ears. I can wiggle my ears one at a time with the proper encouragement. I guess it's just a, a kind of a strange head. And the stuff that goes on inside the head is, I suppose, a little strange, too. When I was just a little kid, I always used to try to make sense of the fairy tales that my mother would read to me. For example, you know, she'd read about the princess and kissing the frog, and he turns into a prince, you know, and I would say, well, you know, Mom, hey, uh, let me get this straight. The princess tells her mother that there's been a guy in her room all night because she kissed a frog and he turned into a prince. <laughs> I said, will you buy a story like that? Uh, maybe it was because she noticed the guy had this habit of hopping all over the place and eating flies. I don't know. And when mom would read me the Cinderella story, I remember telling her that the glass slippers must have been kind of hard on Cinderella's feet. And I, asked, I remember asking her, glass breaks pretty easily, doesn't it? So, boy, that prince must have had some shoe bill. Mom was not amused. That's probably why they kicked me out of the house when I was only 21. It's not like it is these days. Anyway, I've always figured it's fun to make sense of the things that we take for granted and the things we say every day. For example, history says the first person who put something delicious between a couple of slices of bread wasn't really the Earl of Sandwich, as we've always been told. It was the Duke of Shrewsbury. So I figure the next time you go to a diner, you ought to order a ham and Swiss Shrewsbury on rye. Onions and tomatoes would be nice. A little mayo, good. And if you really want to give a street musician the dignity that any musician deserves, you shouldn't just put some money in the hat. You should stop and listen to him for a minute and then kind of smile like you're enjoying it. The streets are full of just thousands of wonderful people stories. There's a big modern art statue outside a building on Park Avenue in New York. It's called Dinosaurus. And it's kind of a weird Picasso kind of looking thing that a dinosaur might have looked like. Very big, very expensive, very Park Avenue. And on nice days, I used to buy my lunch from the hot dog guy who'd set up there. And I'd go over and sit next to the statue while I ate my dog and juice. And then one day I noticed that the statue had a little tiny engraving on the bottom of one of its legs. It just said, For Jen. Some artist got a lot of money from that building's owners for making the statue and putting it outside their lobby. 
But the real owner was the artist's lady, Jen. And I used to look around at the other people sitting there eating their lunches and used to wonder, which one is Jen? As I've told you, I am a proud member of the Louie Louie generation. We're people who grew up with this song called Louie Louie. Oh, yeah. We got a Gomera song. That song was playing somewhere in the soundtrack of our lives, those of us who are members of the Louie Louie generation. So I remember John Kennedy in Dallas. I have some Kennedy half dollars stashed away in my sock drawer. I like the guy. It doesn't matter what you thought of him politically. He was a guy, you know, he was a guy who screwed up plenty like I did. But he had guts and he had smarts. And I spent a lot of happy years working in radio in Boston in his hometown. It was a wonderful time. That's where I met my lady wonder wench. She was in charge of setting up the program logs at the station. I used to screw up stuff on purpose so she had to come into the studio and fix the log, you know, and she'd look at me and she'd roll those blue eyes, you know, and look down at the log book and she had long, soft brown hair then, and it kind of fell down around her shoulders, you know. And she'd write in the corrections, and then she'd flounce out. I like the way she flounced. I hope your girl flounces. It's nice. I was there when JFK was killed. Assassination is such a polite word. What a shock. There was a guy on television who kept the country from coming apart, I think, at that time. A pre-Louis Louis generation gentleman with a deep gravelly voice and a little mustache that twitched when he said something that he knew he shouldn't say. Walter Cronkite was his name. He dodged bullets in World War II. He was a tough old guy. We trusted him. We called him Uncle Walter. He was the top guy. He was the pro, but he choked up and he cried when he told us. And we cried along with him. Pretty soon it seemed like everything was being renamed Kennedy. Idlewild Airport in New York, renamed JFK. Streets and parks and buildings all over the country renamed in his honor. It was like we were trying to work through some kind of guilt that we all felt that we couldn't protect this young, handsome, top guy in our own country. And then pretty soon we had a John Kennedy half dollar. Bet you didn't know that the sculptor who made the actual head on the coin was a drinking buddy of JFK's used to go boating and fishing together on Cape Cod. Can you imagine how his hands must have felt shaping the memory of his friend's head for that coin, knowing what happened to his buddy, the president? This weird head of mine used to keep feeding me a picture of that sculptor a few months after he made the image for the coin. And he's sitting there in a in a bar having a, a beer at about quarter of three in the morning and he's just talking to the guy next to him for a few minutes and he watches the guy toss a tip couple of coins half dollars into the puddle of beer there in the bar heads up Dick's Details, a bunch of fascinating but totally unimportant things to push in one ear so you can squeeze the important things that are keeping you awake out the other, and you can just nod off to sleep. It was American inventor Joseph Gaiety who invented toilet paper in 1857. 
I have no idea what people used before 1857, and I, I really don't want to know. One-third of all American adults have difficulty distinguishing left from right. I would be willing to bet that the percentage is higher among lady SUV drivers who are talking on their cell phones. This is a fact. The first president of the United States was really John Hanson of Baltimore. He was the president before Washington. He was the president under the Articles of Confederation. It would have been a strange country with places like Hanson, D.C., the John Hanson Bridge. You know, in that state out near California, the great state of Hanson. <laughs> Dicks details. They take your mind off your mind. The sound of some words feed pictures into your head. Skyscraper, twilight, midnight. And some words grab you a little further down and grab you right in your gut. Crash, burn, prowl. Most guys, if they're going to be honest about it, will tell you that every once in a while they really feel the need to go on the prowl. We're on the prowl. The frisbee whiz, the checker master, the stickball champ, and the Monopoly star. We're all on the prowl. The super stud, the chug-a-lug standout, the disco freak, and me. We're on the prowl because it's use it or lose it. Your muscles, your money, a warm spring day, or a bed full of laughter and gasps. Use it or lose it. An ice cream cone, a hot market tip, a party invitation, even a new mother's gentle milk. We're not living a TV show that you can record and edit and play back later in a convenient time slot with regular commercial breaks and a happy ending. Sometimes nothing makes sense. A gray fog makes blue grass, but black cement. We keep hating each other for the children's sake. And I think there was a time before I loved you, before I even touched your hand. We're on the prowl, the baseball card flipper, the tennis partner, the beautiful person, and me. We're on the prowl because it's use it or lose it. And no one wants the biggest love of his life to be the one that got away. I've prowled the telephone calls and even the awkward pauses in conversations, the avoided glances, the doorbell interruptions, the old songs, the old movies. I've prowled all the old ticket stub memories, the almost remembered perfume traces, the traffic sounds, the playground voices, the startled bursts of birds in winter air, the squeaking boards in our room. How far away have you taken your eyes? Am I still big enough to fill them now? Or are they someone else's size? Was there really a time before I loved you? Before I even touched your hand? Could I find my way back to then? Would you meet me there again? Not much of a chance. It wouldn't make sense. But it's all I've got. So it's 
use it or lose it. If there's ever a time after just making love when your head is resting on another man's chest and his breath is moving your hair while he sleeps, if there's just a moment when you miss our sweating, trembling bursts of exhaustion, our tastes of water and fur, or just our Ferris wheels, our city streets and mountains, if there's ever a time you remember the traces of perfume that our bodies made together, then get up gently if he's been good to you. And without a word, without even packing your toothbrush or an extra pair of jeans, without even wiping away the night's loving from your legs or the morning's loss from your eyes, take one more walk through a gray fog as it makes blue grass and black cement, listening for echoes of children's voices. Follow the almost remembered shadows of the birds that we startled into bursts in the winter air. Walk once more barefoot in the padded quiet of 3 a.m. dark, listening for the squeaky music of our room's floor. Taste the difference we made between kissing and being kissed. And if he's been good to you, and you won't look for me, at least don't run and hide if I come fingertip close again. And I will. Because those are the only places I still prowl. That's a story called On the Prowl. It's from the personal audio CD called Bedtime Stories. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, you can go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. There are lots of tough things about being a Louie Louie generation guy or girl. You know, your knees probably hurt. Things that should be flexible are getting stiff. And around the other way. But good things happen too. You've had time to consider the words of Big Louie himself. You've learned that maybe is one of the big guy's favorite words. For example, maybe the uncomfortable glass slipper and the prince's big shoe bills weren't really the point of the story. Maybe the point of the story is that Cinderella and the prince really did meet at a ball. Maybe. And maybe she really was beautiful and graceful and he was really strong and faithful and Maybe they're still dancing together to the music that they remember was playing in that ballroom. Maybe. Maybe it's still playing in their hearts. Ever and ever after. Even now. Maybe. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. 
all the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.